Come on, let's go. Hurry up. I was grabbing a beer. Welcome to the Poor Shock Podcast, where three young adults take a deep dive in everyday matters with their unapologetic and diverse perspectives. I'm Eric. Ezra, micro elementary class of 06, valedictorian. Morgan, I'm not a regular mom. I'm a cat mom. We're back. Another episode of the week. Shout out to people. You know, the numbers are going up once again. We love to see it. We appreciate uh, all the support on the cast. Season two being a massive success so far. Um, if you want to help us out, though, continue to grow. You know, follow us on TikTok because we're honestly kind of popping on there. The IG is still doing its thing as always. And by doing its thing, I mean kind of sort of not really. Um, but leave us your review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Everything on socials. Porch Talk No A like the podcast name. So it should be pretty easy to figure out. We're going to go pre-first topic, topic here. Morgan caught COVID. Um, She's safe. She's good now. She thinks she kind of realized listening back to the July 4th episode. uh, Definitely on the verge of catching it. It was probably already in her system at that point. Definitely was. You can definitely hear it in my voice last episode. Yeah. But she brought up an interesting question when we were talking pre-show. After someone catches COVID, like, how long are you waiting to hang out with them again? Oh, probably like a month. A month? Mm-hmm. Unless you're, like, unless we're, like, locked in, like, every day, like, you're you're the significant other or you're, like, family that's needed to be seen, I'm going to probably give you about a month until I'm kidding with you. That's so funny to think about, like, if your significant other catches COVID and you were just like, listen... I love you, but like I need at least a month away from you because of this whole COVID you just caught. I wouldn't be mad at you if somebody said that. I'd be like, "Damn, I feel it." People were. I would probably give someone with me like on the fifth day, well, the sixth day. I did my quarantine for five days, and then on the sixth day, people are like, "Oh my God, where, where you at?" So. Hell no! I don't even think the whole five day thing is real. It's strange. I just I feel like that's capitalism in corporate America trying to get niggas back to work quicker. So that whole five-day thing is I'm never going by. I could see a week or two after if you've been testing negative. But I don't. I think the five days kind of like, I kind of agree with you. I think it's a corporate push. I remember <laughs> we are having some meeting and uh, the person who's like running our project was like, listen, you catch COVID and you already use them sick days, it's going to start coming out of the vacation. And I was like, damn, that's not how it used to be a fucking year ago when it came to shit like that. I know. Oh, yeah. It's, it's like crazy. It is definitely like changed. Now people just need to get back to work and that's all that everyone really cares about. They're like, oh, just wear a mask. You're fine. Yeah. And COVID numbers are still like here. When Morgan had COVID, she was one of four people I knew at the time with COVID like that week. So like people are still getting it. Are these big holidays? People are out in all these masses. Like this guy's just bound to happen. I mean, people are vaxxed up or if you're not vaxxed up, I mean, I think. If you're vaxxed up, you're still good, but, like, you're not completely out of the woods by any means. And I think this is, like, the craziest part, because, like, most people, even from the start, they was not going to die from COVID. But now that we have, like, vaccines and stuff, it is less and less people who are going to die from COVID. I'm saying this not as a literal, but, like, just a, you know, we need more people, not need, but for the greater good of America, more people need to die more often from this because now they see we've got vaccines. Nobody's seriously like dying from it like they was at the beginning. Yeah, give it about a month or two. Niggas going to be going to work with COVID after a two-day quarantine. 
Yeah, so literally, it was so awkward going back to work today because obviously I had missed an entire week of work. So, and I work with like older clients too. So I came back and they were like, oh, where were you? Like, oh, I had COVID. And they were like, oh. <laughs> like I was trying to hold in my cough. Uh-uh. <laughs> like freaking out. Yeah. Like it was literally, I I got the paranoia like today. Trying to hold in, even if it was just like a tickle in my throat. Like just so... I wouldn't freak anyone out because it is such a short time for me to be back at work. Yeah, let's cook that shit. Um, Amazon won't even tell you if someone comes down with COVID. And boss was pretty much like, um, you got to use your own days now. Like there is no COVID days no more. So like, if you get it and you've got days, use your days. Mm -hmm. If you get it and you don't got days and you've got to come to work, like that's what you got to do. And I was like, yeah, I heard enough, nigga. Uh, I feel like that's, I, I hate these whole sick policies because I feel like it was always bullshit where it's like, yeah, you know, don't come in if you're sick, but also like we got this project due at the end of the week, so it's going to need to get done at some point. Sick policies are crazy. I think we're going to talk about it at a later date. I know I sent it in the group chat like late last week. We were looking at other companies like benefit packages and like vacation days, six days. It's upsetting. It's sick. And some of these companies are like American-based companies that are doing like above and beyond. So it's crazy to think like we're still settling for the bare minimum. Yeah, there was a clear push. And we'll, we'll dive more into this. Like you said, we got that topic on the docket at some point coming up soon. But I mean, it's we, you know, all these people are like, we're pushing for remote work. Like, hey, let's, people are like, we need to find a good like life work balance. Like, yeah, maybe. But I think there's a lot more jobs out there like you might hear about the you know top one percent who were doing X Y Z, but a lot of them, like you said, Amazon's like, hey, get your figure your shit out, either take off or be in here. But we don't know what to tell you. Yeah, we got that's what we need. We need time off reform. I'm gonna get that started. Fucking one of my old heads was like, he works at a he's worked at the same job for 39 years. The policy hasn't changed once in 39 mm-hmm. years. Jesus, like we're still doing shit. We're agreeing to work for, like, the same sick days, PTO, shit like that, that, like, our grandparents were doing. That's crazy. Yeah, I was thinking about that because I'm, I'm thinking about, like, my next move in my career and, like, what I'm trying to do. And I'm trying to trying to get out of, like, the nominal bullshit that I'm doing into something more, like, high level. I was like, when it comes to negotiation, something that people probably don't really think about, they're like, oh, we're talking about salaries and bonuses. First of all, bonuses are kind of a scam because... You know, they'll give you that one-time bonus, but your salary is not going to increase over time. Something to think about. But also, I was like, no one's probably thinking about like arguing for PTO. I think you were telling us like someone at Amazon like made sure like they had crazy PTO or like maternity oh, leave or something like that. Yeah, he like he went crazy with the uh, paternity maternity leave, and I was like, you know, and he was just like, yeah, that's something I told him I wanted, and like those are things you got to definitely fight for. Yeah, that's something that's something you got to think about. Don't just get caught up in the money. Think about also like the PTO cuz honestly, PTO is where it's really at. He makes 319 a year. But he also worked like 80 hour work weeks. So he was yeah. like 319 don't mean shit when I when I don't get no days off. And I was like, "You know what?" Cuz he was pretty much breaking down. He was like, "I was living my best life when I was like a mediocre manager like level 4, level 5. He's a level 7 right now out of 12." He was like, 
now I've like gotten to that awkward, I'm making great money, but I'm working 24 mm-hmm. seven. And I was like, that sucks. Yeah. That's also something I'm trying to think about. Cause you know, once you start moving up more, more hours and all this nonsense, and I'm like, yeah. Oh man, it's they where, hit you with that on call bullshit. Mm-hmm. Don't uh, like even when you at home, you working. Like the other day when that girl called out, and that I just had yeah, a just like that girl. go in for her. It's terrible, bro. That's who you probably got COVID from. She told she tried to warn you that she had COVID. She 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 Tested negative. That's what. Hey, and it's a false negative. And, Everybody knows. And that. you know, she literally went out the night before and put it all in her story. So I saw it all. I still think she gave you COVID. I think that's they the most likely person. Though. Nah, don't don't want that. You know, COVID travels. Definitely travels. Could you be with someone who is still in love with their ex? We had a hater reply no very fast. Um, <laughs> she's cap. Here's here's what's going on for real. Like for real. Okay. This the love of your not the love of your life. This is a guy you're talking to. Either of you, guy or girl. Great person. Y'all are vibing. Y'all are kicking it. Y'all start to date and y'all are in like a good place, but you, it feels like you're never going to that next level. You pride to figure out why. And he lets you know that like he's got feelings for his ex that will never pass. But you find out the ex is dead. So like, is that something you can compete with? Cause like mm, she did, he did. What the fuck does it matter? But at the same time, like, you're never probably going to be able to top that image in his head of or her head of how great their ex was because they maybe not have they might not have gone through all the like trials and tribulations of a relationship before Shorty or the nigga died. I mean, obviously the uh, person cool. isn't over one the person to the death. So like, if you're in a relationship or talking to someone and you feel it not progressing, and then you come to the information that they were dating someone and they died. Like, obviously you should just move on because the person. Move on. (laughs) I had a feeling you would say that. Would it change your mind if statistics show that most people don't ever move on past the person they love that died? They kind of just compartmentalize it and go on with life. Exactly. So you should move on. What? She doesn't so, want like, to get bogged down in that nonsense. I mean, I'm not mad at you moving on because, like, everyone's going to have to, like, draw their line in the sand. I mean, if they're not moving on, why can't I need to move on? No, that's fair. You Like I said, I'm not mad at you moving on. What about you, Eric? You think okay. you could do it? You could be I was going to have a question about it for a follow-up of, like, if so you're, you're, like, dating for maybe, let's say, a couple months, but you're not getting to, like, a different spot. I mean, if you stay with this person, are you ever going to be able to like get to a different spot, or is it like kind of an unknown? You'll be it's an unknown, but you'll you'll be able to reach different spots, but you'll always know. Like it'll always be that one love, that true love, that soulmate happens to be their dead ex. Yeah. Like, so if you, you can live with sleeping with a smile on their face, they're not dreaming of you. They're like dreaming of the spirit of their past. Love you. <laughs> you be watching niggas sleep? <laughs> yeah. That's when she goes to their phone. It's different. Okay. Um, yeah. That, like, you, she'll love you. Y'all might have a good relationship, but there'll be times where, like, you know and she know that you not him. 
Oh, that's see when you put it like that, it's almost like you want to be ignorant bliss. Like you want to think that everything like it's fine. Cause like I think I don't think there's anything wrong. Like I know a fucking like at least one girl, maybe a couple who like was dating someone and they died during like high school. And I'm sure that always sticks with you and like I feel like people are some like you'll see stuff where people are supportive, like, hey, this person, you know, person I'm dating now, they date someone, like we'll go she'll go visit them on like the death of their like their death date or whatever, like cool. But if I'm like constantly competing or like we get in a fight and you're like, well, you were never Chad, Chad never this. It's like, all right, you dated Chad when you were 13. Like, fucking relax. <laughs> so. I think it would be, I think it would be hard. I think it would definitely have its challenges. I think it's doable, though, for some people. I think it's definitely doable. You just have to be able to come to terms with like, they're in love with another person, or not in love, but like, I'll never be on the pedestal that this other person was. And if we're being honest, some people are dating and married to individuals right now. Well, they'll never be on the pedestal as their alive ex is. But imagine like you're in an argument with Mariah and she's still in love with her ex. And she's like, Brett would never do this to me. Like Brett's not doing anything because he's dead. Like, no, like I would hope one that I am never arguing like that because I believe in fair arguments. And then I would hope too that nobody got crazy enough to say that because I let her know that's why that nigga's dead. The fuck we gonna do now? <laughs> like bitch ass nigga died years ago. You'd have to disrespect him even if he was a good guy. If he was thrown in your face like that, I I mean I think it's kind of fair game because I feel like that <laughs> that in arguing is like just it's such a low blow like. Oh, you never this is like, well, he's dead, so we don't know what he would actually do. So let's relax here. This question stemmed from a uh I know a shorty and uh she wanted it to be a topic because her man died. She got a baby. Her baby daddy slash boyfriend at the time died when her son was two and they were twenty two. She's twenty seven now, she's got a new man, man treats her great. She knows that he'll never be like him in her eyes, her dead love of her life. And he wants to adopt her son. And, mm. like, she doesn't want that. Like, even though you've been in his life for the last five years, he's seven. The only dad he really knows is you. She doesn't want to, like, erase the memory of, like, her baby daddy. But at the same time, this nigga's like, I'm this nigga's dad. So, like, well, it's tough. still be the stepdad and still be, like, the dad figure. You could. But, I mean, you know, some people take that serious. If you're raising a kid, you treat him as your own. Maybe you want him to grow up thinking he's yours. I mean, he's you, know, not, you don't have like, to adopt him in order for the kid to think that. Like I think, hey, hey, I don't. Me. I I agree with I know, you. I know. I'm just saying. I'm not saying that it's against you. I'm saying it to that guy. Like, oh yeah. My stepdad raised me, and he's my dad, but he didn't like legally adopt me. Do you think he would have liked to have done? I mean. We've, we've talked about it. It's just not something that we ever needed to do on paper just because, like, what's that going to do? He he still pays. He paid for, like, my first car. He did all of that without doing that on paper, so. I feel like that's also different. Like, if the dad died when they were, like, young, like, you know, 22, that's very super young to have a kid. You lose the dad, like. That's a little bit different than, let's say, if you had, like, an ancient baby daddy who, like, got you pregnant and just disappeared again. Like, I could see you wanting to adopt that kid, but, like, we don't need to, like, 
erase you the way people are trying to erase like slavery in the history books and like oh it doesn't matter now like that kind of stuff yeah you don't want the memory of that man in his household i get it <laughs> i don't support so. it but i get it because <laughs> i have heard him talk about this dude before and i'm like all right bro like he did come on I'm talking about a 22 year old dead man what are we slandering this man <laughs> I'm not slandering him, but, like, she got a man now. The man's a good guy. Like, I doubt he want to read all your posts every month about how, like, you miss him, man. There are nights you cry in bed because you'll never be the same and all that. Like, hey, yo, you got a good man. Like, let this dead nigga be dead before you wound it. Move on and go make a baby with a girl that doesn't have a baby yet. And then there won't be any competition with anyone who's dead or alive. Morgan just doesn't want to deal with this. She's like, listen, that someone died, either you move on or I'm moving on. I don't got time for it. I'm going to tell you right now, I can do it. I, I, I will beat a dig nigga every day because one, he's dead. Like, there's no competition. I am not competing with the Holy Ghost. Like, no. Do you think, like, I think the way you just described that, like, in my mind, I was like, oh, this person, like, they lost someone, they're dead, like, you know, they'll probably tell their kid about, like, their dad and, like, that. But, like, if you're posting constantly on social media, like, I miss him so much. I cry yeah, to sleep. Like, that, you're doing too much. Like, it's almost yeah. disrespectful to who you're with. That's like, what they're I'm not saying, good enough. I want to tell you how to grieve, even though it's been five years. Like, come on now. I want to <laughs> tell you how to grieve and all. But it's like, at some point, it's got to be taken as disrespect. She already went and got a memorial tattoo of this nigga. Oh. While with her man, if I'm being honest, I would have put my foot down on that one. I'm sorry. Someone <laughs> is not going to like it. We're two years in and you go get this nigga's name and death date tatted? Hell no. Over my dead body. It'll be two dead niggas. <laughs> Ooh, I know. I think I think we're reaching a point where it's... I'm kind of more on Morgan's side, more on thinking about it. I don't know if I'd want to deal with that because relationships are already tough. Like people don't... People don't realize how tough relationships can be. So imagine having to add like a dead individual into your relationship who's constantly coming up. I don't think I want any part of that. I agree. And the more I'm thinking about it, the more I'm also starting to move forward. Because at 22, if we're being honest, like life hasn't really beat you down. Maybe you never really went through the slums of the slums. Everybody at some point in their relationship, if this is a long lasting relationship, they're going to go through like deep valleys where like maybe it's a month or two six months, whatever, where it just sucks. She might not have ever got to that point. So now you've got to always live up to these, like, unimaginable standards she has of this 22-year-old love she was once in. And you know we how we are as people. We'll always remember the good times. We'll never remember the bad times. So that's Absolutely. even worse, the more more removed from it. And, like, we should be dating healed people regardless. Hmm. You're not wrong. That's big. We should be dating healed people. Yeah. If someone's not healed, then it's just going to be a clusterfuck of a relationship. So, Can we take that farther? Can you say unhealed people don't deserve love? (laughs) (laughs) Unhealed people deserve to love themselves before they can love others. Not mad at that. Um, let's just, I had something lined up, but that was, it's too good of a transition. Let's talk about people who have other issues who need to heal first. Are people, are we really accepting commitment issues as like a real reason for people to be hesitant, uh, with getting in relationships or the way they act within their relationships? Fuck no. That's like the biggest cop out of all cop outs. 
if somebody, if you got a friend and they're like talking to somebody and it's like four or five months in and you're like, hey, yo, like not four or five months, let me eight or 10 months in. And they're like, hey, yo, like they not ready to date yet, but they also got like commitment issues. What the fuck does that even mean? Tell me what commitment issue means. Because that just sounds like this nigga or this shorty want to be a player and be in the streets. We're too old to accept commitment issues as a reason that the person you think wants you ain't the person you with. Yeah. No, you Uh shouldn't be dating if you're still worried about that. You need to find a way to get over it. Um, You need to be super open in the beginning of a brand new relationship and like the person know that you have like these fears and you guys need to find a way to get over it early on but if you guys can't and like five plus months down the road they still have this lingering like issue that they think that you're gonna cheat or something bad is gonna happen that is just wasting your time like you are we're grown-ups so we're not supposed to like baby you through a relationship like come healed or get the fuck out if you're ready to date somebody and they keep telling you they're not ready and they don't know if you're gonna hurt them or if you're gonna hurt them or they gotta make sure their heart's guarded because they don't want to get hurt that's the person that's gonna fucking hurt you every time Mm They're already starting the gaslight process. And they're letting they're the foundation this, down. They're laying the foundation that they don't want to get hurt. I don't want you to hurt me. But when they hurt you, they're going to flip the switch and be like, you forced me to do this. <laughs> you pushed me towards this. Run away from those individuals fast. City boys. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that's a... Uh, is there a certain time period where you can still claim this? Like, I think about when I, after I got cheated on in college, I definitely had like trust issues and definitely did use that in certain situations. And then eventually I looked back and I was like, all right, we can like move past this nonsense. But I could, I definitely did use it hand up for a little bit. I think it's okay to have trust issues. It's okay to even at some point have commitment, quote unquote, issues. But I don't think if you've got a good thing going, you can let that stop you from, like, giving into that. Everybody gets hurt at some point in life dating. So you can't hold the person you're currently talking to accountable for the last person who hurts you. And if you're not willing to, like, swallow your pride and your dignity or your insecurities better yet and, like, take that risk because, like, dating is a risk on its own then you're probably not ready to be dating yet. Yeah, I mean, I just feel like if you're ready, you're ready. If you're not, then you just have no business even wasting someone's time. I remember when I got cheated on, I definitely had my guard up with, like, so many guys that, like, I had, like, started talking to. Like, I was always super weary of them. And it was a good feeling to have because it kind of made me weed out who actually would be um faithful and who I know probably wouldn't have been faithful in the long run but when I met the right guy and I felt myself not being worried about getting cheated on that's how I knew I was able to be in a relationship but like I instantly felt a difference with the guy who I knew wouldn't cheat on me but there were so many guys before him that just like by talking and like dealing with them and being in different situations, I knew I would, inst- I'd be insecure the entire time I was talking to this person. 
that's respectable. You did the right thing by removing yourself from that situation. Mm-hmm. We've got to um, we've got to advocate for individuals who are not ready to date, not getting back out there. Because I feel like that's the first thing your friends or your loved ones tell you to do when you go through a breakup or someone breaks your heart or whatever. Go get back out on the scene. Go get this app. Go see what's out there. Nah, nigga, like take a year or so, six months, and work on yourself and loving yourself. Because the moment you get back out there, because everybody's pushing you to get back out there, you're doing yourself and other people no service. Yeah, that's how you find a psycho. That's how you find a psycho. Oh, absolutely. Yo, but everybody needs a psycho in their dating portfolio. No, they don't. Yes, they do. I'm ha- I, I hate that everybody's probably had one, but everybody don't need one. Uh, also, you, you need some toxic. People, women and men are like, I'm not going to say predators. Predators is the wrong word, but like, I feel like people can like seek out that like weakness in individual, especially when it comes to like guys looking for like scorned or hurt girls. Yeah, take some time and work on yourself. Because these niggas can smell a girl who been cheated on and just wants a nigga to love her from miles away. And they got all the city boy lies to tell you. Yeah. Nothing wrong with the city boys. But the girls be just as bad, man. Oh, no. City yeah. girls are bad. Don't. We, we yeah. stay away from them. Yeah. Don't don't get out there. You're not ready because they'll break you. For sure. All right. I got a, I got a different topic for you guys. This one is a, a little two-parter. So it started off as in a prenup. We had some prenup talk. We probably should have talked about this then. Mm-hmm. Are you allowed to specify that you never want to be held accountable for your partner's debt, whether it's like student loan debts or anything? So we'll start there. I've been trying to figure this shit out for a long time. I would never put it in mind because like that feels assholey. But I, I always wonder, like, because you can write your own prenup and have each other's lawyers like look it over. So what can you and can't you put in there? Can you put that in there? If you, any of your partner's finances, whether it's debt or let's say your significant other got children, let's say you don't want to be responsible for some of their bills, can you put that in the prenup? I'm always interested on what exactly can't go in a prenup. I mean, I think, I don't think you I don't know why you couldn't. Someone else's children. You said I what? don't think you'd be ever um like legally tied to let's say you got married and they had two kids prior to you guys getting together you got you wouldn't be in charge of those two kids i think you're still legally tied to them if you file taxes together like married individuals will those are gonna be your dependents after that point Mm. yeah i feel like it's fair game to put it in there like if you write it up you know lawyers look at it you both agree to it i think it should stand like what's why 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 would it not stand? I feel like that's fair game. Like, hey, I don't want your debt. We both agreed. It is what it is. I, I don't know. I still don't think you would be in charge of the kids. I think if the person left money behind, it goes in the order of like spouse, then children or something like that. But like, huh? I don't know. This is such a toss up. But, yeah, you wouldn't be tied to the children. What you mean? They're your kids. They're not. They're your stepkids. Yeah, but, like, legally, they're going to end up... The moment you file taxes, they're going to legally end up being your kids on paper. But not when you get a divorce. 
Well, well, when you get a divorce, yeah, it's going to split just like the rest of this. I'm saying in the prenup, like, can you say throughout this marriage, this is, that's your responsibility, this is my responsibility. So can you put in there, like, I'm not paying for your fucking kid's college? <laughs> well, yeah, because, I mean, hmm. I mean, parents say that to their own kids all the time. You can file separately, like, for your taxes. Mm. I mean, you could. You're, you're going to defeat the purpose of getting married at that point. I feel like almost 80% of the marriage benefits come to tax purposes. Yeah. So at that point, just stay boyfriend and girlfriend. Yeah. All right. Um, this is the real question I thought about after this. If you get married and your spouse has credit card debts, student loan debts, that kind of stuff, are you responsible to help them pay those debts as a married couple? My husband will. I'm going to probably say yeah. Because at that point, y'all are like equally yoked. Y'all are binded financially. It would behoove you and your family for both of y'all to take it on. I think if you start like splitting up who's responsible for what or that's yours, that's your baggage, you, I didn't have anything to do with it. I think it's probably going to be a very short-lived marriage and it's probably going to cause many a problems. Yeah, and like honestly, you should be figuring that out before you even get married. No, that that is true. That's a good discussion. Um, but let's say your partner... Let's say you met them later in your like your, you know, late twenties, early thirties, and then you're like, "Oh, like, what did you do?" And they're like, "Oh, well, I went to liberal arts college, got kind of a bullshit degree, then got like a bullshit master's, and kind of got like a bullshit PhD." So they're not doing anything with that degree, and they have like hundreds of thousand dollars of debts, no job to really pay it off like that. You feel like you're responsible for that? Yes. If Biden doesn't come bail you out. If the Democrats don't come bail you out, then you've got to take some part in bailing them out if you get married. If y'all don't get married for whatever reasons, that's one thing. That's finance splits all up. That's whatever. It happens every day. But if y'all get married, that's now both of y'all burden. Because I just feel like things like that is going to build resentment and animosity within a relationship. Y'all going to start arguing about mortgage payments because she missed hers because she was paying her student loan that month, now you're arguing about money and you're not helping? I just think it'd be a disaster. You're better than me. Let me tell you right now. I can, because I was talking to this about Anna and I was like, you know, it could go two ways. I didn't think you were going to say yes, to be honest with you. But I was thinking like more of, you know, I would say that you should, but I think it would make more sense if like, if your partner was going post-grad, like, you know, doctor, lawyer, like, yeah, you help them out with those payments because it's like an investment into their future of them being successful and like, hey, you were there along the ride and then it'll come back your way. If someone's got like 300K in debt and they got like a bullshit degree to go with it, I don't think I want any part of that. So I might just be a hypocrite. Um, in love and I remember this one girl had so much debt and this guy that she linked up with in the pods, um, he had his shit together. He had a good job. He had his own house. And then, like, after they got out, they're still together, by the way. But he literally took on her debt, like, sold his house. Um, they moved into an apartment, and he, like, paid off all her debt. Essentially as, like, an investment. Like, all of her student loans he took care of. Um, and they're doing well. But he really had to give up a lot in order for him to do that. But they seem to be happy now, so... I mean, I guess it works out, but you definitely have to 
talk about it beforehand before you guys really become committed and like figure out an action plan because I feel like if you don't have the action plan then that's when shit goes crazy there is a lot and that that's a powerful man what I will say on the debt topic if we're being honest who really give a fuck if somebody <laughs> got $400,000 of debt she's probably never paying that off and I know niggas with tons of debt like grown men grown women who live great lives still they're just like yeah every month we're gonna get this bill for we're going to send it. We're going to send it for the rest of our lives. As long as you pay on time and stay on top of it, that much debt not really going to affect your, like, everyday life. You're still going to be able to live a good life, get a good house, have a good job. You'll send them your payments until you die. You'll probably die before you pay them back. So, like, it's not as crazy as people think it is. That is just, uh, no, it sucks. But, like, most niggas who looking at $300,000, $200,000 of debt, student loan, whatever, they are never going to pay that anyway. So, like, contact your little loan guy, get him to negotiate a deal, keep bringing that shit down, get it to, like, a $200 a month payment, pay it every month on time, increase your credit, send it to him because, like, you did take it out to go to college, you got this good job, hopefully, and you'll die before you pay him back ever. So, like... Such a sad existence when you phrase it like that. No, it's sad, but I think some people think that like college debt is going to be crippling when that's like not realistically the case in a lot of scenarios. Does anything change if it's like credit card debt? Like if you have just your spouse is just crazy and debt has like 20 credit cards. Credit card debt gets a little trickier because like them niggas will come for that. (laughs) Unlike student loans, like they will come for that credit card. But I don't know. I still don't think it'd be that crazy. Long as you're not like hundreds of thousands. Nah, I said that. Um, <laughs> paid for my mom's credit card debt, but he made sure that she closed the accounts afterwards. I was yeah. going to say, you would almost like, I don't want to say you'd have to micromanage, but if I paid off like a shit ton of credit card debt, I would need to keep an eye on these accounts to make sure you weren't start racking stuff up again. Oh yeah, I'd have to know what the fuck happened for you to do this in the first place. Also, that is not going to help your credit paying them shits off like that. So, like, now you're now I'm dealing with somebody with terrible credit. Ugh. All right, let's switch gears. Wrong, wrong. It's a little sound effect for you guys. Cool, cool. <laughs> let's talk about happiness versus contentment. So, I'm assuming this is more in like a relationship stuff, based no, on what we've talked life. about. This is just life. Ooh. And I feel bad because someone told me to read the article. And I skimmed it briefly, and then I forgot about the topic until just now. But in the grand scheme of things, it was saying, like, true happiness versus contentment. Most adults don't, like, gauge the difference. Like, I'm sure all of us go to work every day. We're content with that job. It pays the bills for now. But, like, maybe one of us is happy going to work every day. And then once you, like, break down your life like this and, like, all the aspects, like, are you content with the car you got right now? Like, it gets you from point A to B, but are you happy with it? So, like, just, it was pretty much breaking down, like, that generic base level happy versus content. And once you get to the bottom of it, most people are more content with their life than they actually are happy. Well, I think happiness is, like, short term and content is long term mm. like 
happiness is just an emotion. It varies every single day. Like one second you're happy, the next you're sad. Um, but if you're like content with your job, that means you're going to be content for a while. Whereas if you're just happy with your job, um, you know, two days later you get a new boss and they make your life terrible. So now you're not happy with your job. Whereas if you really give a fuck who is the manager or not, you're just content with your job. Has society already broke you down? Let me ask you this. I'm the same way. I don't think you need to be happy with your job, but that's a story for another day. Um, Who's to say happiness can't be long-term? Who's to say you can't show up to your job happy every day? Why can't we have that? Why isn't that what we're striving for? I mean, are you happy because we've fallen into day? contentment. Are you, you said, happy what? every single day? Hell no. <laughs> and that's the problem. I've fallen into contentment. I'm content. I'm straight. I'm good. But I should be achieving happy. Mm, see, I think I think Morgan had a really good point about this. Because I'm once she said that, it kind of made me switch my mindset of like, happiness is more of like a sprinkled in i think i think people like to think that they should be happy all the time but i think we based it off of like these grand ideas it's like the same thing when you watch a rope like a rom-com you're like this is what romance should be and you're like that's not realistic and i think it's the same way we make this like happen it's like you should be happy all the time it's like no i don't think that's realistic i don't think that's like a main like maintainable like it's just not there's too much that goes on in life a lot of people are just content and then you have these moments of like happiness and you're like this is what makes the happiness so much better is when you have that you're like damn this is it yeah see i can't buy into that um i definitely think i'm content way more than happy but i also think it says a lot that we're like thinking that you know what happiness is unachievable and when it is achieved it should be saved for a special occasion and we should just walk around content usually that, no, I feel I like that says a lot about, like, the state of, like, life that we're in. Because I feel like there are people who get up and they are happy every day. Just happy. And I'm not saying everything about the day has to make you happy. But, like, there should be, like, solid sections of your life where, like, these are things you're happy about. And if there are more things in these categories that you're content than happy, then you probably got to start reevaluating what you're doing. Like, let's say job relationship with a significant other, family, those three just for instance. If all three of those, most days you wake up and are only content and you're not happy, there's a problem. Well, okay. So the opposite of content, I just looked it up, is dissatisfied. I feel like if you look at your life in terms of if you're satisfied with something or if you're not satisfied, like, that's a good gauge because you can be satisfied with your job um, and then go with, like, the highs and lows of it and still be satisfied with your job. Whereas if you were dissatisfied with your job, those highs and lows are going to be, like, way worse because not only are yeah, you but I feel like satisfied. Like, one day someone really just pisses you off and it's, like, turmoil. I feel like satisfied is a bad base level. Like, if I cook a fire dinner and I'm satisfied or dissatisfied, to just be satisfied is like, mm, that ain't it. Like, I don't want to look at my life as I'm satisfied or dissatisfied. I want to be satisfied with life. Yeah, but satisfied ain't enough. Satisfied is like, 
I feel like that's like the base level. I mean, it may not be like, enough and, for you, but for the most part, being satisfied is pretty good. I I would love to be satisfied for the rest of my life. That's tricky. I, I don't want to just be satisfied for. I want to achieve more than satisfied. But you can if you're satisfied. That's just the base of your life, and then from what you do on from there is up to you. I'm sticking with the happy. I gotta be happy. But how much happiness? Like, how much of your day would you break down percentage-wise? Happiness to contentness. I think in more categories of my life than not, I am happy than content. And that's where I would like to strive to stay. Honestly, the only things I'm probably, like, just content-wise right now would probably be the job, being in Cleveland, and my faith, because I could be better at that, like, more devout. Outside of that, right now, I think I'm in, like, a happy stage of life. Like, I'm good. I wake up with no problems. Like, I'm good. So I'm definitely more happy than content. I think but I think a lot of people fall victim to, like, just being content. I don't know. I feel like being content is the control and being happiness is a variable. I can see that. I mean, I think I'm more happy than content with most things. I feel like I'm pretty similar to what your breakdown was, Ezra, except for I don't really have the faith uh, aspect going there as much. Um, also, like St. Louis, as composed to your contentness with Cleveland. <laughs> but I don't know. I just, for some reason, I feel like maybe my content is just like, could just be a different level of content. Like my content could be like content plus, And then like there's aspects that are like happiness plus. Like when I'm in... When I'm in the pool, that's pure happiness right there. Holding it down, shutting down the pool, no big deal. I think I'm content with most things in my life. And I'm cool with that because I just roll with the punches and nothing really can ever get me upset or get me too excited. What things are you content with? Like, give me a two or three things that you're content with. Um, I'm content with my living situation right now. I'm content mm-hmm. with my job. Okay, I only need two. If there was something somebody could do that was going to make you happy with those, and you thought it could be like long-term sustainable happiness, would you not take it? I mean, but what would give me a long-term happiness over a living situation? All right, so you're content with your living situation. Mm-hmm. What is your ideal living situation? What do you not have that you would like to have that would make your like living situation better? Um, I'm just so content. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but I guess maybe having a house. Okay, you got a house. We're gonna even throw in a pool. We're throwing in a pool just yeah. for funsies, and we'll give that little cat, whatever his name yeah. is, a little balcony, so like he can go out the room and look outside. The fuck, nobody cares. It's a cat anyway. So you've got all of those things down. It's the exact same rent. You're renting it in a safe part. You've got the exact same rent. You've now got this house. You've got this pool. You don't think you wake up happy every day now? You don't think that's like I achievable mean, I would by be some state? with my house and then be happy and excited <laughs> every day waking up. What? You, you're allowed to be happy every You're allowed to be like past just content. Well, I was wondering as you were saying that, I was like, do you think there's a point where your happiness turns in contentment? Like after a while, like let's say oh, you yeah. get this house for a year and you're like, all right, this is cool. I'm content That's with this. Thing. I do think content is long-term and happiness is short-term. No, no, no. Who put this 
time frame. You decided this time frame of short term happiness. Happiness can be long term. You can have sustainable happiness. I mean, but there's still probably moments where you're not happy. There might be moments where you're not happy, like in other aspects of your life. But you can make it so every day you wake up in this beautiful house, you are happy about at least your house. And that is one of the categories that will help you be happier than content. I'm sure there's definitely something about the house that if I wasn't content with the house, that would probably piss me off. Like My house sucks most of the time. And I wake up happy every day. The shade of the floor tiles could really piss me off, but I really like the pool in the backyard. So those two different things put me in two different feelings about the house. But because I'm content with the house, the floor tiles don't piss me off to the point where I'm like, oh, man, I hate the house. It makes me appreciate the other parts even more. I hope, sincerely as a friend, that something as minute as the floor tiles isn't enough to keep you from happiness every day. I was going to say, are we letting small things... Are we letting small things, small issues ruin our happiness and turn it into contentment? You're content with something that little things like that aren't going to affect your happiness or not. Like you said, happiness is an emotion, um, a mind state that then gets the emotion out of you. At some point, you still got to wake up and decide you want to be happy. That's half the fight. Hmm. We'll have to come back to this. I think this is a good, good one. I'm going to need some time to sit on this, really think about that some more. Um, all right, let's move into, I think we're going to skip that last topic. Uh, we're a little short on time. I want to make sure we get through this and wrap this thing up in a good time here. Top five, everybody's favorite. People have been loving it. People have had some opinions about, people did not like Ohio in your, or Cleveland in your top five, Ezra. For I because I haven't been to Cleveland vacation spots. Um, it seems like uh, Ezra's top fives aren't hot. They're not. What are you talking yeah. about? Your beer list was the worst. <laughs> Mine's still one. No, I'm talking about... Oh, not the beer. What was, it was something we did. Was it the ice? No, it wasn't the ice cream. I think it was chips that Morgan sucked at. And your See, beer I list... I whatever beer, pool I was part of. No, the fuck you Sorry. did not. You won the one on your page, maybe. No, she won the one... I forgot which one it was. It might have been the ice cream one she yeah, won. Yeah, I haven't seen Ezra win once. I'm going to tell you right now, I've been winning on my page, and that's all that matters to me. Because I know them niggas interacting with y'all have no taste in beer, ice cream, or vacation spots. Mm-hmm. We'll see. We'll see how you do this week. I feel like if any week were to be your week, this is the week. This ain't my week either, because I'm going to tell you right now, niggas are going to, the niggas following us are drinking rum and coke. Get your taste buds up. <laughs> Oh, man. I can't wait. So, uh, spoiler, yeah, we're doing top five cocktails this week. It's going to be a great one. Who wants to start it off first? I'll go. Okay. So, number one, I got the spicy margarita. Ooh, extra spicy, please. Um, Two, a peach bellini or a mimosa. They're just super refreshing in the mornings. Um, Three, a Moscow mule. I just like the variety. Every time you go to a restaurant, they always switch it up. They got their own little thing. So I like that it keeps me on my toes. Um, Four, an old-fashioned. I love an old-fashioned. I've realized the smoky ones 
aren't the best, but you know, like just a regular one can't can't go wrong. And then five, you know, this is like my vacation cocktail, a pina colada, just sitting by the pool or at the beach, just seems so refreshing. I'm gonna tell y'all right now. If Morgan is anything but third this week, then I know she is paying people to vote. Because that list was trash as fuck. You're a hater. Was your first one before we go the peach bellini slash mimosa? Yeah, bellini and a mimosa. Okay. Um, now that we got anything out the way. Excuse me. Number one, can't go wrong with it. Mojito. Can never go wrong with a mojito. Number two, Cucumber Cooler. We all knew it was going to make the list. Nobody knew how high it was going to be. It's number two. Cucumber Cooler is a must. Shut up. (laughs) Number three, this one's going to get tricky. Whiskey on the Rocks. I know it's not really a cocktail, Mm. but Whiskey on the Rocks can't be beat. It's unbeatable. I thought about that, and then I had that same dilemma where I said, that's not really a cocktail, but I should look at what a cocktail definition is. Yeah, let me know when you get that. Number four, four is a little tricky, but I'm not Alcoholic mixed drink, just for anybody wants to know. There was no mix there, but we'll get past that. Um, Four is a little tricky, but I like them. So I'm going to go with Tom Collins. It's classy. Five is where it really gets tricky. Morgan said a fucking mimosa, so (laughs) Bloody Mary. You can't have a good brunch. You can't have a good savory brunch without a Bloody Mary. Whether it's an omelet, whether it's eggs, biscuits and gravy, whatever it is, you need the Bloody Mary to pair with it. I, I, I tried it. I've tried to give Bloody Marys a fair chance, but I'm just not a fan of tomato juice. I'm not really a fan of tomatoes often, though, so that's also a major factor. That's probably a big factor. I like them. I'm just talking about brunch. I want to shout out that uh, bacon, egg, and cheese croissant I have with the gravy on top and the hash browns. Phenomenal brunch this weekend. That's what we love to hear. Uh, I can't wait for your your reaction to my top five, Ezra. I'm so excited for this. Number one, uh, rum and coke. Love me a rum and coke. Are we serious? <laughs> Yeah, this whole list needs to be booed. Y'all are trying to get upvotes by the fans. A rum and coke? Brother, it's a classic. I would have went... Are we 16? I would have went rum and whiskey, but I figured I'd switch it up for number two, whiskey ginger. Oh, my gosh. The list is (laughs) trash. Number three, this is a St. Louis local bar thing. Purple Poison. I don't really know what's in it, but it's phenomenal, and two of them will get you where you need to go. Any night of the week. Number four, shout out to you, Cucumber Cooler. Phenomenal yes, cocktail. If you haven't had it, do yourself a favor and have it, and you'll have a phenomenal night. Um, number five, surprised no one said this, a margarita is a classic cocktail to have. It was literally my first, my number one, but... She did say spicy margarita. <laughs> I thought I asked you. I said, "What's your number?" Was I said, "Was your number one the peach bellini?" And he said, "Yes." Oh, I'm I miss her too. <laughs> no, I think you gave us six cocktails. Then. It was my number because we have the spicy mark. No, it might have been five. I don't really love margaritas. Do you? No, I said I don't. Oh, the mojito is definitely 
an honorable mention. Um, let's see what else is on there. Moscow Mule is an honorable mention for me. Um, I was, I'll be honest, I was not thinking about a mimosa by any means for this this competition. Yeah, definitely wasn't, but um, niggas love a mimosa as well, so I'm not mad at that per se. I love mimosas. They're so good, and like you can just chug them. They always make you a little bit wild. All right, this might be actually a hot take. I think mimosas are overrated. Oh, no, no, no. They're a thousand percent overrated. Like, once you really get down to the bottom of it, they don't really taste that good. It's, It's always, like, kind of a little bit off. And I just think it's because they're willing to, like, give you seven bottles for ten dollars where niggas are like okay with it or you can get like bottomless for like twenty five dollars so you'll just drink as much mimosa as you want but like mimosa is not like a quality drink i think it is i'm also addicted to orange juice and i also like to switch up the flavors of the juices and that's why i know you'd be putting too much juice in your mimosas real real niggas don't even know there's juice okay I actually don't, Ezra. If you knew me at all, you wouldn't know that I'm probably. Let me your last mimosa, buddy. I know you got a snap video or something saved of you with a mimosa. All I'm going to need to do is see the color of it, and I'm going to know. Okay, well, it's probably like a very clear-ish. Nope. Someone who just said they love orange juice. If you know me, you know I love orange juice. Yeah. (laughs) You're done. That little splash of OJ really makes a difference. You said splash? Mm-mm. Nigga, it's a drip around here. Bro, I I am so tired of those memes where everybody was like, this is how you do it. And they like poured the smallest drop. I'm like, all right, we get it. I've seen this video a thousand times. Let's relax. That's now. what Ezra just said. I'm not going to lie. No, no. I, I, it got to the point where like, like I said, mimosas are not it. Just like bring me the bottle. I'll just like pour the bottle and drink that over like mixing it with the juice at that rate. The juice don't really do much for it to begin with. Let's call it what it is. You're really just drinking breakfast wine. And which is awesome. I'm not mad at the breakfast wine, but like we don't need all this juice. We don't need we don't need the games. The games and the gimmicks. I have a new I have a new drinking out take. If I'm at a restaurant getting like a meal, like brunch, lunch, dinner. If if I'm not drinking to the point where it's gonna get me where I want to go, I'm not drinking anymore. That's my official stance. Okay, well that's boring. Yeah, I was gonna say I need like a beer or two to like kill the time while I'm waiting. But I feel like I'm just like if I'm gonna spend like all this money on cocktails and I'm not even gonna get like a good buzz going, like why am I drinking at this point? Like that's the You're whole point of drinking. And then the the restaurant cocktails definitely don't be good. So you guys, yeah. good you're paying for a mid. You're paying for a mid bartender at best. That's like, all right, I guess I'll just get the $4 beer and do that if I'm going to do anything. I'm not going to drop 15 bucks on two cocktails, and I'm like, cool, nothing. Another perk about mimosas. I'm not mad at that take. You said what? Another perk about mimosas, then. Okay. Um, anyway. All right, let's, let's wrap this up. Let's get into some music and TV recommendations. TV-wise, started Love Island UK. It's kind of dry right now, but we'll see if it like turns up or gets. Oh yeah, you gotta up. wait. You gotta wait. Um, song wise, Bobby Smarter put out a little hit. I'm not gonna lie. No time for sleep is like it gives authentic Smurder vibes. So, I heard a song by Little Baby today. I haven't heard it before. Southside, pretty good. 
as far as my shows, shit. The Bachelor at premieres tonight, so I'm super excited about that. Other than that, watched The Boys season three. It was so fucking good. I can't wait for the next season. Yeah, I think that's the next show I need to get get on to. Um, I've been seeing way too much content about The Boys, and I've been watching the first uh, first season, so I'm going to try to binge watch all that soon. No, it's definitely solid. I haven't seen season three yet, but The Boys is a vibe. Um, TV wise, still watching Veep. Still a great show. Love that. Um, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give this guy a chance. Um, after his last stuff, shout out to Chance the Rapper and Joey Badass. Yes, the sir. Good song. I Chance has been putting out a lot of like little snippets from what I'm hoping's on the album, and I'm liking the vibes that I'm getting from it. When is this supposed to drop? I thought it was supposed to drop already. I haven't seen anything. Um, but if it's hopefully it's better than the last album because I was not here for the last album, but yeah, seems to be on some one. classic vibes, so I'm here for it. All right, with that being said, we're gonna wrap the podcast up. Thank you for listening as always. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, Porch Talk No A. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review on Spotify. Share the podcast with a friend. We greatly appreciate you for listening. We'll be back next week. Peace.